0: I want you to get your Bibles open to 1 Peter chapter 4, and I want to read uh, our text verse for this coming Sunday. Let me just say next week, I'm really, really excited. I've got uh, our good brother and good friend, Ryan Johnson. Ryan, are you? Did I see you over there? If you could stand up. I know not everybody knows And your lovely wife, Rebecca, if you guys could stand up. (laughs) Rebecca, yep, there she is. Ryan has uh, just under two decades of pastoral experience in the local church. He's currently training for uh, military chaplainship, and, uh, and and has a call to our armed forces. Praise God for men like that. Um, but here's the deal, and this is why I think it's going to be so exciting next Sunday. We're going to do a little bit of interview with him, and then turn him loose to share his heart. We're going to talk about finding your lane. I've had a lot of people, as it relates to their life calling and their gifting. You know, I think that's a powerful metaphor. How do you, how do I find the right lane, get in that lane, and really flow in what God's called me to do? Uh, this has been a real season of self-discovery for Ryan, and I want him to share that with you. Uh, and I believe it's going to be powerful as we launch into kind of the next passage, which is going to be Ephesians four, and we look at uh, the fivefold ministry gifts that God has put in each of us. Um, that's going to be power, a powerful transition to that. So you're not going to want to miss next Sunday. It's going to be really, really exciting. Let's look at, uh, on the screen or get your Bible out or your phone out. And let me ha- have you join me in welcoming those who are watching our live stream, some of whom are in Zambia right now. As you can see now, when we say these things, there's real people out there. and They really are watching. So we love all of you. We're glad you're watching the live stream around the nations of the world. And uh, we're talking about the grace to serve this morning. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. If you have the gift of speaking, then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. All of you speaker gift people, wave at me. That was last Sunday. Wave at me. What are the four speaking gifts we talked about? Prophecy, exhortation or encouragement, teaching, leadership slash administration. All right all leadership types of gifts. Um, Now, this is the beautiful part of all this, is how many of you realize people come up to me and say, well, Pastor, I really, I thought I had three of those. Great. Some of you could have four of those. Some of you could have one of those. The beauty of this is God puts those gifts in us at different degrees and different measures. And here's the cool part of it. There's no two of us that are alike in this room. That's the beauty and the genius of how God does this. So we want to look today at the second part of this verse. I'm going to pick that up right now. It says, if you have the gift of helping others, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies, and then in everything you do, you'll bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. You know, I want to point something out here. I was talking with Kenny yesterday. Uh, we were having a fellowship time together, and we were talking about missions, and um, I, I want to I connect why it is so critically important for us to use the gift that's given to us the Bible says every one of us has gift, and not just a gift, but gifts. Can you all say amen to that? Amen. And those gifts are not for us, but they're for other people. And so if we don't use those gifts, ministry goes undone. Now, I'll just say this. You know, Kenny and I were talking, he was saying, you know, so what's amazing about Living Stones is the number of people that we send on the mission field and the number of people that have a call to go to the mission field, like with Jeff and Angie, selling their home, believing they're called to go assist the church there, raise up a a Celebrate Recovery ministry. Um, That's just not happening everywhere. And let me just tell you why it's not happening everywhere. Because every ministry is attached to a person, and that person is gifted. And if you don't have a gifted person to lead and serve in that ministry, the ministry just does not happen. I'll tell you why we have a strong Celebrate Recovery ministry here. Because we had people that God had already raised up, more than one person, multiple people that carried a heart for healing and equipping broken people. If those people don't use the gift, the ministry doesn't happen. Can you see why Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's within you and and don't, don't neglect it because if you neglect it, ministry doesn't happen. And so the part of the reason why we're seeing such an amazing impact is because we have people who are gifted to do that who are actually using their gifting to the glory of God. Now, this is important. We all have supernatural gifts. We have natural gifts, but even our natural gifts are supernatural because you're made by God and you're creating His image, and there's something pretty special about that. So here's the point. You take the gift, and this is why we're, f- we're, f- we're focusing on this series. You have to discover who you are so that you can begin to do what God's called you to do and be who God's called you to be. Once you discover who you are and the gifts God's given to you, it is incumbent upon you to exercise that. Now, this is important. There's a supernatural dimension and there's a natural dimension. I love what the Apostle Paul said. He says, I work harder than anybody, but he says, I do it in the grace that God provides. Isn't that a beautiful balance? So, you just don't sit around and go, "Well, I'm just waiting for God to gift me so that I can you know, go out and be somebody special. Uh, that's not how it works. You discover many times a gift in its infant form or in its baby form or in its seed form, and then you get to spend the rest of your life developing that gift. That makes sense. And the harder you work at it, notice in the grace of God and the strength that he provides, so he keeps getting the glory, but the harder you work at it, the better your gift gets and the more useful it gets and the sharper you get in doing what you do and the, and the greater blessing it leaves for the body. And check this out, the greater joy it leaves for you. Because there's nothing more exciting than discovering who you are and how you were meant to live your life. But I'm just encouraging you, there's no place for passivity in the church. Everybody should be in a pursuit of discovering how God's wired you And then you're looking for ways to bless and love on people. And that's why that's a good transition for where we're going today, because we're talking about the grace to serve. And I want to talk about one of the, I'm going to give you four uh, uh, service gifts, okay? The first one is the the gift of helps, or another way of saying it, is simply the gift of serving. The Bible says in Romans 12, if your gift is serving, serve them well. And I love this definition, simple definition of this gift. If you have the gift of helps, this gift refers to the capacity to unselfishly meet the needs of others through very practical acts of service. And if you're around a servant, or you're around a person with the gift of helps, this is what they're usually saying to you: "How can I help? Where do you need help?" Now, let me talk about this. Every one of these gifts has a all y'all expression, and then a special gifting expression. In other words, how many know we're all called to be servant leaders? And and I've given this lesson to my kids. I'm I'm sure you've given the same lesson to your kids. I tell my kids, if you walk into a scenario where everybody's working, don't stand there like this. (laughs) Bad, right? Do something. Never stand around. I tell them this too. Whenever you're working for somebody else and you complete the task that you've been given, right? Look for something else to do. What else can I do? The difference between those of us that are just called to serve and those of us who have the gift of helps is these people are keenly aware of the needs around them. They pick up on it like like second nature. It's a Holy Spirit gifting. They love people. They love to show their love for people more with their actions than by their words. Some of you verbal people like myself, I'm a word person. We can tell people we love them, But people with the gift of helps, they're not much on words many times, but they're big on action. And so I just got to share this with you because word people sometimes get offended by action people because they don't speak the same language. In other words, some people are showing you how much they love you by all the practical things they're doing to help you, but they might not sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. Because their way to demonstrate love is not chitter-chatter. Their way to demonstrate love is to do and to serve. And it's important that we don't miscommunicate uh, because of the different gifting that we're coming from, all right? This gift is given mainly to assist people in practical ways. These people do commonplace tasks, just your normal, everyday, unspectacular tasks. They do them cheerfully, they do them regularly, and they do them even worshipfully. I mean, it becomes an act of worship as they serve. They find joy in simply doing the messy stuff that other people avoid. And, and these types of people, I love them. They're behind-the-scenes people. They don't want the spotlight. They actually, doing what other, they actually enjoy doing what other people have been avoiding. And here's the amazing uh, craziness about these people. When, when you ask them, well, what is your gift? They'll often say this, I don't think I have a spiritual gift. Oh, if only more people had your spiritual gift. If the church and the world at large only had more people that had an innate sensitivity to meeting needs around them, why wouldn't the world be a better place? But many times they feel like they have no gifts. Let's take a look at their characteristics really quickly here. These people recognize practical needs and they're very quick to meet them. They prefer one-on-one ministry. They love being one-on-one with people as, 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 as compared to being on the stage. I like this. They like manual projects. They like working with their hands. And they're stick-to-it people. They don't want to quit until the project is done. They follow through. They love to support people who are leading. They like meticulous order. They hate clutter. All right? Now, I was picking on Kerry Drake today because Kerry's a, a big-time servant helper, but he's also an administrator. And Kerry will come into my office with a document. It's not a page. It's a document. Some of you are smiling because you've worked with Kerry. This document, I just look at it and and I feel the weight of it and I just go, hallelujah, for your gifting because let me tell you what this document is. That is a detailed list of every need that he has recognized in this building along with the skill level, the priority of when it gets done, the cost of how much it's gonna take, and then he is plugging you all that have the gift of hands into that list so that this facility stays together, looks good, operates, runs. And I just look at that, and I just go, this is a sign and a wonder and a miracle to me because not only does he have an eye to see it, but he also has an administrative gift to build teams to get it done. Isn't that beautiful? Carrie, we appreciate you. (laughs) But every gift has a dark side. Everybody just go, ooh. All right. Dark side. Let me give you the dark side of the servant-helps person who just loves to meet needs. Often these people have a hard time putting two letters together. It's the letters N-O. You know anybody like that? Servant people, they love. Hey, can you help? Yes, yes, yes. The problem is sometimes they overcommit themselves. They're more concerned with meeting the needs of others than their own needs. Anybody know people like that? They tend to do more than is asked, and they have a hard time delegating. Because they find so much joy in doing stuff, they don't want to share the fun with others, and so they want to kill themselves by themselves, all right? And so um, many times, if you're married to one of these people, you probably have a spouse who's not like you. The reason God put them with you is so that you don't kill you because you would kill you, all right? You need someone to help you with some boundaries, and you need someone to help you say the no word sometimes. That's the gift I bring to my wife at times, all right? Because we tend to do more than is asked. We don't want to delegate, but let me, or delegate, but let me mention this too. If your primary love language is serving other people, recognizing their needs, give, 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 here's the problem. Many times you have the need yourself to feel appreciated, important, valued, and needed. And so here's the deal, and I have dealt with people like this. Usually it's the phone call that says, where are you, I haven't seen you. And let me just tell you what happens sometimes. People who love to give, 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 When they are overwhelmed and flat on their back, they're waiting for all those people to call them up and to give back into their lives. But here's the problem. When you have the gift of helps, you have an incredibly keen awareness of need, incredibly keen awareness. No one needs to tell you there's a need. And you assume that the rest of us morons see the world as beautifully as you. And let me just tell you this. We don't. So here's what a helps person, a servant person, they will also get very judgmental. And here's, here's how. I can't believe they, they can't recognize that need. It's like as big as their nose on their face. Why can't they see that this person has a need? Because they're not gifted like you. You see it. They might not see it. And the fact that they don't see it doesn't mean that they're like the devil's cousin or something like that. It's not, it's not a character issue. It means that that's not the way they're wired. And so we have to watch that we assume everybody sees the world and and, and processes the world the same way because we don't. And so listen, we need to make sure we're encouraging our encouragers. And we need to make sure that we're helping keep our servant hearts in line and not being overcommitted, amen? Because we like to keep these people around. They're very, very much a blessing to us. But make sure servant people, help people, make sure you're not critical. And make sure you're not neglecting the needs of your own family while you're serving everybody else's needs. That's important. And how about this? Have you ever known people like this? The biggest givers, the biggest servant leaders are the ones who feel most uncomfortable receiving from other people. Now, some of you are under deep conviction right now. You're like, "Mm, he just read my mail. "Mm." All right. That's because you're a helps person and we love you but we just want you to stay in this sweet spot. Stay sweet. And I've told helps people this too. Help us know when you need help because we are not going to pick up on it as much as a servant person, helps person would see it and recognize it. So help us. You know, have you ever seen this in your marriage? Your wife tells you, hey, honey, go get the mayonnaise out of the refrigerator. I got no awareness of where that mayonnaise is. She knows exactly where the mayonnaise is. Sometimes people, and then she looks at me like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I did not get that gift. Whatever that gift is, I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it. I'm trying my best. I'm looking everywhere. And she just, some people, some people are like that with other people. They're, you, why can't you see the mayonnaise? <laughs> so don't condemn us. Pray for us and just help Gather other people like you around yourself because God knows we need you. All right. The biblical example of this is Martha. You remember Martha? Jesus comes over to her house. This is what the Bible says. She welcomed Jesus into her home. Doesn't that sound like a a servant leader? And then she prepared, the Bible says, a big meal because servants don't just want to have snacks. Martha's big meal, all right? And this is amazing. She sees Mary doing nothing but sitting around. See, that's the way servants view people that are worshiping. Why can't these people help me? In fact, you knew, listen to this, Martha actually tells God, because Jesus was there, right? Martha tells God, will you please tell her to get off of her behind and to help? Can you imagine telling God that? Okay, that's Martha's dark side was kicking in right there. She's got a major servant heart But she missed the bigger picture, all right? Let's make sure we don't miss the bigger picture. Let's talk about givers for a moment. Gift number two. The Bible says, if your gift is giving, give generously. Now, again, I mean, we're all called to be givers. We're all called to be tithers. We're all called to invest in the kingdom. But here's the point. People with the gift of giving look for opportunities to give. They're excited. Just like the servant people look for needs, The giving person looks for needs so they can provide resources to meet those needs. And here's the cool thing. They find incredible joy and satisfaction in recognizing needs and meeting those needs in a variety of creative ways. They do it with amazing joy. They also, I've noticed this, and this is why you say, Pastor, every week you pray for us to get blessed when we give. Yes, I do. Because you know what? I can't think of something more frustrating than the gift of giving and you got nothing to give. I mean, that would be frustrating. Someone has a need. You're like, let's give. We're broke. We got nothing to meet the need with. You're going to be one frustrated person. Now, we can give in a lot of different ways, it's not just money. But how many of you know, many times, the people that God gives the gift of generosity and giving to are people that are incredibly successful in making money? This is making sense to you all. We should not despise making money. We just need to make money for the right reason, so that there's a kingdom purpose. In fact, I've noticed this about people with the gift of giving; they're always praying to the Lord about what they can do to help. And here's the cool thing: a lot of times, these folks—they're not looking for the stage. They don't want—they the, don't want a plaque on their seat, whatever. They'll come up to me and they'll say, "Hey," or they'll come up to Ed. Hey, the Lord wants me to give this to that new couple that just came. uh, Can you make sure you deliver it? You've been a delivery boy, right? Like me. Okay, so what do we do? We go, hey, somebody wanted you to have this. And then this is the cool part. When you see the person's response and they say, how did... How did that person know, or how did you know? I'm like, I'm just a delivery guy. Somebody else prayed, they heard, and here's what's the greatest satisfaction for for a person with the gift of giving, to know that you heard the Holy Spirit and that your generosity answered the need in somebody else's life. I mean, you know, that's about as cool as it gets. And you want to do it more, and you want to do it more. And I found this too. People that are incredibly generous that have the gift of giving many times have the five-fold gift of evangelism because they want their gifts to be used to reach people with the gospel. And so we need to pray for our business leaders in this room because here's the other thing. Many times when you decide you're going to run your own business, uh, God is training you for supernatural faith. I'm looking at some of these people right now with smiles on their face because We've prayed with them and stood with them because every day you have to believe God for resources. Every day you have to believe God for that phone to ring. Every day, every day, every day. But here's the cool thing. What is God doing? He's establishing you in faith so that you can give. When he speaks that that thing for you to give, you don't balk at it. You know, no, that's the Lord. And then when you give, you watch God begin to supernaturally meet your needs. It's really something amazing. And so I know mean, oh, I'm going through this kind of quickly, but I, for, for the sake of time, let me just go to the dark side of the giver. Sometimes people with a giving gift, also they give, but there's controlling attached with a gift. In other words, we will give, but because we gave so much, now we get to determine where this is going, how this is used, and all that kind of stuff. Don't fall into the dark side of your gift giving. I mean, you know, people that have a giving heart just give. And they trust the Lord, and they give, and they trust, and that's the way they roll. They're not trying to control. So don't don't be controlling with your gift, whatever that is, especially not if it's the gift of giving. Another great example in the Bible is Barnabas in Acts chapter 4. Sold some property because people had a need. Gave the proceeds uh, to the poor to help with the need. Great example. All right, let me go quickly to compassion and mercy. Bible says if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. This is important. Mercy is not an emotion. Mercy is divine love under the power and direction of the Holy Spirit. And let me talk to you about merciful people. We're all called to show mercy, the Bible says, but merciful people delight in showing and demonstrating the love of Jesus. It does not have to be worked up in them. As soon as they see the need, it's not so much a physical need, but it's a spiritual need. Now, I'm married to another one of these people, and sometimes I'll be next to my wife and all of a sudden she'll disappear just where'd she go and i've learned over the years where she went she is looking for what the holy spirit is doing or wants to do in somebody's heart and many times she'll look like this thing you might be up here worshiping and all of a sudden you just glance over at somebody and somebody else might notice they got a blue shirt on you noticed that they're under stress or that they're burdened and so a person with the gift of mercy and compassion won't just hold that on the inside they might walk up, if it's Susie, and uh, if it's a lady in the house, might just put her arm and say, hey, are you doing okay? And all of a sudden, just that, hey, are you doing okay, elicits an emotional torrent of, of weeping or or whatever was in that person's heart, and this amazing Holy Spirit moment happens. How did that happen? It was the gift in that person's life that recognized the need, that went to the need, that simply asked the question out of a caring, compassionate heart, and this amazing chemistry takes place, and boom, a supernatural event happens where somebody really gets touched by God. That's what mercy people do. Mercy people are not prophetic or teacher types. Like How many of you know sometimes we get in bad situations because of our sin? anybody ever been there besides moi, Our sin. Like, hey, that person's in a ditch. A prophetic person will discern, well, I know why they're in a ditch because <laughs> they're disobeying God because they need to repent. How I many of you know Jesus with the woman caught in adultery, he said, he said to her, hey, you're kind of in a bad spot right now. Everybody's got stones, and they're looking to kill you. Uh, uh, they're looking to bring judgment but he said, you know, he did his magic work with the uh, go and sin no more, you with, without sin. And then he told her something important. He said, hey, stop living this way, right? Yeah. He said, go and sin no more. So here's the deal. Jesus is prophetic. He recognized you're here because of a problem, a sin problem. But mercy always triumphs over judgment. And so this is what I love about merciful people. A merciful person recognizing, recognizes that you might be in your situation because of your, your choices, your sin. But a merciful person says, you know what, but God's bigger than your sin. God's bigger than your brokenness. A merciful person looks beyond the, the, the brokenness to the heart of that person and is willing to stand with them. Listen to what this definition, just some simple nuances here uh, in definition. Sympathy says, I know that you're hurting, and I'm sorry about it. Empathy says, I'm so sorry that you hurt and I hurt with you. Sometimes we have friends who who feel our pain. But here's what the merciful or compassionate gift does. It says, I'm sorry that you hurt, and I hurt with you, but I'm going to stay right here with you until this hurt is gone. Aren't you grateful for mercy-gifted people that feel and have that kind of compassion uh, and love for other people, attracted like a magnet to the hurting and the broken? Um, they grieve over broken relationships. They're peacemaker-type peoples. They're, they're bridge builders. They avoid confrontation and conflict like the plague. Let me just tell you, though, that's also a dark side of mercy because sometimes we need to address situations, but a merciful merciful person just is such a people person, is such a lover, they don't like to go there. They don't like to deal with it. Um, let me give you a couple dark side points here and some positive sides. I've noticed and being married to a person that's an exhorter and a mercy person, that merciful people don't like to be rushed. Let me (laughs) highlight this for you guys. If you're at church and I say amen, and in 30 seconds you got the AC on in your car and you're ready to leave, (laughs) you probably don't have a mercy gift. Because let me tell you, if you're married to a mercy person, you're the last one out of the church. And if you're the spouse and you're under the overhang out there, and you're going, eh, eh, your, your marriage does not, is not going to last for very long. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> because here's the deal. A merciful person is focused in on whatever the pain is, wherever the hurt is, and they're not in a big hurry to go anywhere because the pain or the hurt in that person's heart is what dictates the time schedule. In fact, there is no time schedule. Time is irrelevant. Um, some of you know what I'm talking about. All right. Time is irrelevant because compassion is so great. Now, let me just say that we need boundaries on all this. Like if your kids are starving and they're in the parking lot, it's been six hours later and they're having heat stroke, you can, <laughs> but the mercy person's still in there wanting to cover all the bases. It's probably not a good balance there, all right? So we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. All right. Just trying to help you guys out. All right. Um, how about this one? They're joyful, they're positive, they're led by their hearts, they're feelers, but how about this, they're often susceptible to hurt by others because they love with such a big open heart, and how about this too, they trust people like crazy, which can be good, and it can be bad. You all know what I'm talking about here? It's great to love people like crazy, but sometimes when they love so much, they, don't realize, they realize sometimes that, you know what, everybody doesn't love the same way back, and guess what happens? That hurts. You know what else hurts? When you trust somebody and you loan them your car and you find your car, five states, you know, across the border there uh, sold to, some, to the highest bidder. Um, that hurts, but guess what? When you're loving and uh, broken and hurting people, sometimes that happens. You run into mistrust or you run in, in, into other situations like that where sometimes it doesn't always come back the way you gave it. Let me share something else. This is why I'm so grateful for our classes that deal with inner healing, deal with healing your heart. Check this out. Most of us have gone through life circumstances uh, that have shaped us, and many times it's painful life circumstances. Why would God allow you to go through something painful? How about this? Because God is shaping you and placing gifting in you to minister to other people and and in many ways open a life call for you that you didn't even realize. So have you noticed that sometimes the most merciful people are the people who have been through pain themselves, why did you go through so much pain? Because you know what it feels like. You know how much it hurts. But listen to me. This is so important. If you try to express mercy and your heart's not been healed, you will mess it up. Let me show you how you'll mess it up. Number one, you'll you'll get offended for everybody else whose needs you don't think are being sufficiently met. I can't believe they're not. I can't believe they're not helping that person out. What you don't know is the leadership might have had 20 meetings with that person and we are helping that person out. But you took an offense for them because you're still wounded yourself and you perverted your mercy gift and it ends up creating a mess. Um, I can't believe it. You take secondhand offenses. I mean, you know, a person who's offended doesn't need you to second it. (laughs) They're, They're already in enough trouble by themselves. Oh, you're offended? I'll second it. No, you don't want to do that. You want to help them get unoffended. You don't want to pile on. And what I found is, again, with people with a perverted mercy gift are always overcompensating, taking on offenses for everybody, wounds for everybody, hypersensitive to people, uh, other people's needs, and completely out of balance. And many times it's because they still need to get healed themselves. So listen, wouldn't it be great, you got this amazing gift of compassion and mercy, just allow it to flow out of a heart that's healed so that you can love the way Jesus loved uh, and not get yourself or your hurts all into the mix of all that. So take some time to work on your own heart. It's so important. I love the example of Tabitha or Dorcas in the Bible, Acts chapter 9. Says she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. All right, let me end with this. I'm going to hit it quick. The fourth gift. We've talked about some great ones here. The fourth one, hospitality. First Peter four nine. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. That's a command. Romans chapter 12, verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. This word literally means love for strangers. And here's how you know if you have the gift of hospitality. When you're moving in hospitality, it's literally the power to make everybody feel like family. Isn't that good? If you're a hospitable person, you have that gift. No matter who comes into your home, they just feel like they belong. Anybody know people like that? Other times you walk into people's homes and you feel like, don't touch that, don't sit that, don't do that, hold on. And you like, you walked into a museum, a fine, a fine art gallery or something, and you don't want to break anything, all right? How many of you know you need to have safe zones where you can let people just come in? And let me say this too. Some people are great entertainers, but they're lousy at hospitality. What's the difference? Well, when you're entertaining, you're throwing a party, and you bring out the best of everything, and it's off the charts. Uh, But that doesn't mean you're okay with the people that spill coffee on your carpet, all right? That might bother you. So here's the deal. Hospitable people are not saying, hey, come over tomorrow. I need to do a lot to get my house ready. When you show up at a person's house with a gift of hospitality, the door swings wide open no matter what time of the day or night. Because here's the deal. They're more concerned with people than they are with presentation. They're more concerned with loving you and connecting with you than they are with making sure everything is perfectly in order. Because they just want to love, and they want to love with their home, and they want to love with their resources. How many of you know the Bible says we all should pursue spiritual gifts? We all should pursue spiritual maturity, right? And that one of the qualifications for spiritual, spiritual leaders in the church across the board is that they are hospitable. You with me? So this is something we all need to be working on, opening up our home. And let not, This is not a setup message, but let me just share this. Um, out in the foyer right afterwards, guess what we have a need for? Hospitality. We're having a bunch of young people coming in, college-age young people, to care for the students while we do the Spring Hill camp. And guess what? We need places to house them. So if you have a spare bedroom and you're willing to give that up for a couple of days and you live local, we would love for you to go out and see Tracy, all right? We actually have a chance to put the gift of giving into operation because right after the service, we, we're going on the way out, we're going to receive a love offering to scholarships, some of these people, all right? Lots of ways that you can help us today. I want you to stand to your feet. Oh, here, here's, the, here's the people I want to stand to your feet. If you are somebody who is a servant person, all right, we just talked about you. Last Sunday was the mouse, today's the hands. Stand up if that's you. You're a, you're a hand to the body of Christ. Look at those beautiful people. We love you. We need you. Thank God for you. Awesome. Now, all the rest of you, mouse, stand up and gather around the hands, all right? And we're going to pray for you guys and we're going to ask God for increase, all right? Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for these precious gifts in your people. Gifts to love, gifts for compassion, gifts to open up homes, Lord, gifts to give and to serve. Lord, what a blessing. We're asking you, Lord, to increase these gifts in our lives right now. We ask you to supersize them, help us to be better, more attuned, more in love, just to do it better for your glory, to love more people, to touch more people. Lord, we present ourselves to you today. We ask you, Lord, to swallow up the needs for this Uh, Spring Hill Camp for the kids. We just pray that every need would be met, that all the slots would be filled, that we'd be able to fill that uh, number to overflowing, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to continue to meet the needs around this building and with the various ministry needs and and the, the physical needs of this place, Lord. Thank you for hands that are so willing to help. Lord, we present these gifts to you, mouth gifts, hand gifts, all the above, Lord. We just ask you, maximize them now for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Last comment, hey, 4 o'clock today, starting point. If you're new here, we would love to meet with you, all right? I hope you can come back. Have a great week of celebration of our uh, nation's founding, all right? We love you.